I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporting with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in, Sporty Nation. I get to do the intro this week because as we welcome back into the show, my co-host, who is fresh off her bachelorette party and is currently not quite 100%. So that means I get to do most of the talking tonight. So I'm sorry, Sporty Nation, that you are you have to deal with my voice for 45 minutes. But it's totally okay because Corey is still here working her way back to full health. Corey, how you doing? Welcome back to the show. Um, I feel like we haven't talked in a while. And uh, let the Sporty Nation know how, 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 are you, how are you feeling right now and the reason why I had to do the intro today. Thank you, Richie. Yeah, um, I, so I came back from my bachelorette party with, uh, with a very solid flu. Um, wasn't coronavirus. I tested three different times. Um, and then after that flu, I'm pretty sure I got, uh, bronchitis and have been on all sorts of, um, steroids and antibiotics for the past like five days. And we're finally getting there. I'm finally sleeping through the night. Um, as you know, I, um, I'm a big, uh, falling asleep to Austin Powers person. So I was initially waking up every two out. <clears throat> two hours at the same time as the credits would start rolling on each Austin Powers movie. And that was how I would get through the night. That's, the, that's the way, that's the way to do it. We've all, we've all been there because the coughing fits are always the worst part about being sick a lot of times at night because they do keep you up. And so I, having gone through my own bout of COVID back in, in January, that was some of the worst part was trying to get actual sleep. So I feel your pain. I'm glad you're working your way back. And Corey gave me the ultimatum on the show today, which is I can't make her laugh. So that is the worst. That's when I cough the worst. And um, I also would like to say thank you to NyQuil because NyQuil lasts for six yes. hours. So I'm now getting six hours of sleep until the NyQuil wears off now. <laughs> So, you know, one thing at a time. But yeah, so if it sounds like I'm smoking a pack a day, I'm not, really not. I'm just an asthmatic who got the flu and I'm still recovering. But um, yeah, that's the funny part is like all sorts of things came back from that trip. Like some people, um, two people got COVID, two people got the flu, two people were fine. So I don't know how we ended up the way that we were, but Needless to say, Kat and I both lost our voices and everything else. I mean, Kat lost her voice before we even left. She was pounding down honey and I was having to order her food on the last day we were there. So um, Kat definitely lost her voice before I did. But um, it was a uh, we went hard enough that basically everyone came back 
in pain in some way, shape or form. Because yeah, we did a, a pole dancing class too. And we were all so incredibly bruised by all of it. So even if people didn't come out of this like ill, they came out of it with so many bruises that um, we were all sore in one way or another. That leads me to this question. Because you had your bachelorette party earlier this month. Next week is Scotty's bachelor party at an undisclosed location. And one of the things we will be doing is we'll be hitting the slopes. Some of us will be skiing. Some of us will be snowboarding. I will be snowboarding. Not very good at it. We'll be tubing, I've heard. Allegedly, I guess. That's also an option. Yes, Um, there's tubing for those that (laughs) don't want to do skiing or snowboarding. And, um, yeah, so I'm not, again, I haven't been on a snowboard in like three years, maybe even longer than that. So we'll see how quickly I pick it up. But, yes, there's a very distinct possibility that both of us, you and myself, come back from our excursions with bruises because, or at least really fucked up knees. Because I will tell you from snowboarding experiences past, that's like the thing that always hurts the worst after like the next day because you have to pop back up on the snowboard using your knees pretty much every time you fall. And I fall a lot. So I'm going to like my knees are already a mess anyway to begin with because of all the running I've been doing the last year and a half or so. And so snowboarding is probably going to make it worse. So. That on top of that, and all the falling, and my ass will also hurt a lot because that is always a pain. That's always that's how I fall. Is you, I don't fall face first. I always fall on my ass because it's a lot safer, and and don't usually break a lot of bones that way. So I will probably come back with some with some bruises to show for it too. <laughs> as long as no one gets a concussion this time. Last time Fern got a concussion, so as long as everyone comes back safe and without a concussion or any of that i mean like when i say like i joke about the fact that we had like bruised knees and bruised arms and all sorts of stuff like that that like it's it's not nearly half as bad as the possibilities of what you guys can do and hurting yourselves on skis and snowboards so (laughs) i just say try and be as safe as possible and um you know obviously try not to come back sick like we did but you never know. <laughs> Finger, fingers crossed. But yes, next week that's going to happen. I've been told to bring a Hawaiian shirt. I have ordered one. It's on its way here. The only people that know what it looks like, and Corey, you can't say a word on the show in case Scotty goes back and listens to our show. Nobody know knows about the Hawaiian shirts. I didn't even know that that's why you were getting a Hawaiian shirt. I don't even think he knows about that. Yes, um, that was yeah. Mark, that was an attack from Marcus in the group. So, um, so the only people that know what this shirt looked like are you and Cat, and that's it. Okay, I'd like so to it's... point out that when you decided to ask us whether you should get that shirt or not, it was like we had one night <coughs> that was of really hardcore, just like drinking for the most part. The other nights were more exploring and doing like other things. But um, contrary to the photos, apparently when I posted the photos, 
I want actually your outside opinion on this before I go back to your Hawaiian shirt. Did it look like it was some crazy ass thing that went on for like a week? Or did it look like a normal bachelorette party? I didn't think it looked that crazy, but people were like talking to me as if I had done something insane. No, it, it's I, I I felt like it was just a normal bachelorette. There were just a bunch of there were pictures of you going out. There were cute pictures of you and all and all the rest of the the bridal party there. I thought it was cute. Thank you. A lot of people were like, "Wow, were you there for a week? Gosh, you guys must have like." And I was like, "It wasn't that big of a deal," but um, but so the one night that we had kind of. And they had itineraried everything. Um, uh, very thankful for for Kat and Cassandra for being able to do all of this. And they, like the day that they had itineraried that out, was the night that Richie decides to text us. And we are like, at this point, is late at night. We're drunk. We're eating a hot dog in a uh, parking garage. And... Richie texts us and goes, "We, I need your drunken opinion. Does this work as my Hawaiian shirt? You could have sent us an elephant and we would have been like, yep, that's perfect to wear. <laughs> that's, see, that's no why I wa- that's why I wanted it. Like, I wanted a very raw, honest opinion because I was probably going to buy it anyway, to be honest, because, again, I can't say what it is. But I'm going to tease it as saying it was the most ridiculous one I found. Yeah, no, you could have said basically anything. And we would have been like, yeah, yeah." because at that point, we were just like, we're happy. We're we're, we're drunk and eating a hot dog and just hanging out. I mean, my feet were killing me at that point. But at that point, Kat had switched me shoes. I put on her sneakers and then she put on my heels and we... uh, we were all kinds of just happy and chill. I mean, you took a uh, a pink Whitney shot on FaceTime. I did in solidarity did. with us. So I mean, there's no way we would have told you no. <laughs> um, I would also like to apologize to Corey on the show because she FaceTimed me four different times over the course of a couple days. I only answered once. <laughs> When did I FaceTime you the other times? I FaceTimed you then. I FaceTimed you when... Because it was funny because Scotty was like, why did you try and FaceTime me and Richie? And I go, because you guys went to Batman. And in Nashville, there's a tower that's called Bat Tower. And um, I wanted to FaceTime you guys outside of Bat Tower to ask you how the movie was. I didn't know that the movie was like 10 years long. It's yeah, it's three, three hours long. So, yeah, I think you... You ended up fa- – let me see. I'm going to check the, the time code here on the FaceTime call because this is great radio. Okay. Info. Oh, why doesn't it say it? What the heck? Uh, oh, okay. Well, it doesn't say it on there, but I believe it to be around 1230 or so, which was still an hour before the movie was over. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was fast asleep. By the time I got your guys' text messages about it, I was, like, dead-ass asleep. Not not even a joke. Because it was so much later. I mean, obviously, there was a time difference anyways. Um, let's see here. Are you sure it doesn't say what time? 
Yeah, it doesn't. What is with that? Uh, Apple. Like, it just, it just shows that last week. She says I FaceTimed you last week. Right. <laughs> That's weird. Wait a second. What if you go into your actual... Wait, I got this. I got this. It's going to be in the same thing as your phone calls. <coughs> okay, yeah. So that's that's about what I thought, which was still half an hour left in the movie. <laughs> which, on my time, which was like an hour or two different, that was like two... Two almost... It was either 2 or 3 a.m. when I had... It, no, it must have been just before... It must have been only an hour difference because it must have been just before... 2 a.m. because we were going to leave the bars and just go home and um that was the night we just went out exploring we weren't like super drunk or anything so i was like oh before i leave why don't i facetime them yeah no you guys were still in that movie for god knows how long (laughs) yep three hour long movie we made it through it was a good movie by the way i really liked it um i won't spoil it for you because i know you probably want to see it as well um, I the only my only thing I didn't like about the movie was the the last act of the movie, so the how like how it ended, I just wasn't a big fan of it. But everything else, I really liked it. It's it was the most unique Batman movie I've of all the Batman movies. Robert Pattinson was really good in it. Um, Zoe Kravitz was terrific as a Catwoman. Um, Colin Farrell was great as Penguin, and then uh, uh, Paul Dano was just like scary as shit as the Riddler and weird as shit as the Riddler too. So. I really wanted to watch it and Scotty really wanted to get me to go and watch it again. It's the fact that I can't sit through a three hour movie without coughing. (laughs) Right. It's the only reason why I haven't watched it yet. It's still, it'll be in theaters for a while. So we can go see it after your coughing is after you're, you've fully recovered. Okay. I mean, we'll have to fit it in. Before you you guys leave. Make you guys watch it all over again. Because you guys watched it without me. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm curious to see what you think about it. But um, but anyway, yeah. So that's what we've been, we've been up to while we've been gone. We actually haven't recorded a new episode in like three weeks. I think the last time we recorded a new episode was the last week of February. Yeah, I mean... My bachelorette was the first week of March, and then um, and then I got sick, and this is the first time I've been able to actually like sit down and be able to talk without just like coughing in the middle of it or have like no voice at all. So this is what happens when uh, you, when you end up partying too hard, you can't record sporty for like three weeks. <laughs> and before we move on to getting into some Coyotes news. Since we last recorded, by the way, the Coyotes are like 6-1. and one. They're the best team in the NHL in the month of March. They've scored a shit ton of goals. We'll get into that in just a second. But before we do that, we have... Ergo, course- the Coyotes can't even lose properly. Yeah, exactly. The, wa- the wagon continues while Sporty hasn't been recording. So I'm assuming as soon as we get back to recording episodes here, that's they'll go back to being shit again. But who knows? Maybe it'll be the Sport... Maybe it will be... The sporty jinx. The sporty jinx is what we're looking at here. But before that, of course, we want to tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. And 
If you're new to DraftKings Sportsbook and you have not signed up yet, you can do it right now. And if you bet just $1 on any team, you get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column means free bets for you. All you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now, use the promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and you get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN to DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. And another little note, too. Um, if you're listening to us before 1.30 p.m. Pacific time and you're a member of DraftKings Sportsbook, they got a great deal going on in terms of the March Madness tournament. Um, you can – they've actually odds-boosted Gonzaga, who's a number one seed in the tournament, to plus 100 odds against a 16 seed. Only once in NCAA tournament history has a 16 seed beaten the one seed, and that was just a few years ago when Virginia lost in the first round to a 16 seed. Other than that, easy money, free money. If you're listening to us prior to that tip-off with the Gonzaga game, <laughs> go take advantage of that. But I digress. Uh, Corey, let's did, dive into some... Did you just uh, jinx it very quickly here? Did you just jinx that? Maybe no. you should. Maybe you should bet on the team that's 16th now, now that Richie just jinxed that. No, don't do that. That's a that's no. It's a, Corey. It's happened one time in forty years. Once. Yeah, but have you in those forty years? Have you said what you just said? That is the epitome of a Richie drinks. Um. Yes. Pretty much every year we say it that there's just no chance a sixteen can beat a one until it actually happened, and we're like, oh shit, it actually happened. <laughs> uh huh. Just wait, you guys. It's going to be the Richie drinks. I'm telling you. So let's get into the uh, Coyotes news of the week here. Starting, of course, with the injury update to Jacob Chikrin, which we heard from Craig Morgan on Wednesday, that Jacob Chikrin's ankle injury, which he suffered in the game against Boston, is not as bad as previously thought. So he should be okay to start skating again sometime in the next week, and he will be back in a matter of weeks and not months, and no surgery is needed. So um, we are obviously ever closer to the trade deadline coming up next week. But Corey and I obviously don't think Jacob Trickon is going to be traded. We've been on the record with that for months and months and months, even though we keep getting mentions and people talking about it. I was like, no, it's not going to happen. Even the Sabres podcast was like mentioned us and was like, hey, has Jacob Trickon ever played the right side? And, and we're like, no, he, he hasn't. And no, he's not getting traded. So I don't know why you're asking the question. That's not going to happen. So good news for Jacob Chicken. Going to be back sooner rather than later because he's been crushing it lately um, and really starting to look like himself after, you know, most of the season he where he wasn't looking like the Jacob Chicken we saw much of last year. So he's going to be back sooner rather than later, Corey. And that is that is good news. Yeah, and like let's clarify in the fact that we don't know for sure that he won't be traded, but we will tell you that he shouldn't be traded. If he's traded, that is so, so dumb and <coughs> not at all what this team needs. So uh, I, I'm i really glad to see that everyone would love to have Jacob Chikrin, even an injured Jacob Chikrin at the moment, but the last thing they need to do is trade him. 
I agree. And the trade deadline, if I'm not mistaken, is Monday. Monday is the trade deadline. So keep an eye out for that. And hopefully, Jacob Tricker is still a coyote after that happens. So here's a couple stats for you, Sporting Nation. Since the calendar turned to March, the Coyotes have scored 37 goals, which is the league leading goals for the month. In those seven games, the team is averaging 5.29 goals per game, which is, of course, tops in the NHL. Nick Schmaltz, in the month of March, has 17 points in seven games. Seven goals, 10 assists. Lawson Kraft scored his first hat trick of his career against the Senators. Clayton Keller is on a roll, too, in the midst of what is possibly going to be one of the best offensive seasons we've ever seen an Arizona Coyotes forward have. He's on a seven-game point streak right now, which is tied for the third longest active streak in the NHL, and it also ties Nick Schmaltz for the highest by a Coyote this season, the longest point streak for Keller since 2018. So the Coyotes wagon is rolling. They're playing some really good hockey right now. Things are starting to gel. Things are starting to look up. All these young players are playing some of the best hockey we've ever seen them. We talk, I talked about Keller, talked about Nick Schmaltz, but you can add Barrett Hayton to that list, and you can add, add Matias Michelli to that list too, who has five points since he has come up um, from the AHL in his first stint at the NHL level. So the wagon is rolling right now, and they've been fun to watch. And, Corey, from the beginning of the season, you had talked about this team needing to be at least watchable and putting on a product – that can get fans out to games and have them being invested. And right now that's happening with this stretch of games where they seemingly can't be stopped. And so um, you've been kind of proven right here, which is that this team is now watchable. They're fun. And they're a team that nobody in the NHL wants to face right now, to be honest. What's crazy, though, is like I need them to be watchable but I don't need them to be a winning team because the fact that we still need them to be in a good spot for the draft lottery I mean <clears throat> as you've seen with a lot of our um, drafts our like uh, virtual ones that we've done our mock ones a lot of times they end up losing anyways but you still need them to be in a good place I did not predict them going on a stretch like this I don't think anyone did and it makes you honestly wonder where they're coming from with it. If it's just a genuine like spark that they found from, you know, there's uh, something just clicked, whether it's, you know, some inspiration that they've had as a team because of all of the kind of shitty coverage that the team has gotten, or if they're do all doing it for themselves and they just want to make themselves look good because of, um, you know, the, the trade deadline coming up and also just a lot of, you know, stuff for their own future that's not pertaining to this team. But whatever it is that's convincing them to get to this point, they're absolutely killing it and they're putting on a show and it is really fun to watch. I don't think it's necessarily the best for them, but it is really awesome to watch and it's awesome to see that these players do have this potential and they have it in them to pull it out because we all kind of knew that they did. It's just nice to actually be able to see it in action. I, I think that's an interesting question. And I'm glad we're talking about this because I think it's an interesting debate to have, which is 
what would you rather have? And I was talking to Cat about this a little bit last night too, after the after after the after the game on Tuesday. And I was kind of explaining, I was like, listen, what would you rather have? Would you rather have the first overall pick? Or would you rather have your core players, your younger players, your prospects make a big leap forward and continue to progress? And in my opinion, I think it's more important for this team to see progression amongst that younger core group and prospects than it is to get that number one overall pick for the future of this roster. And here's and we know that the draft is not a sure thing ever. So would it be great to get Shane Wright? Absolutely. He, he seems to be the real deal. However, when you we understand that the Cowboys do have lots and lots of draft capital this year, I think it'd be okay if they didn't get the number one overall draft pick, if we continue to see this type of progression. Now, do they need to continue to win games? No, but at least have these players continue to progress and show that they can stick around the NHL level, show that they can work well with Coach Andre Torini, which I think is the biggest reason why this team is succeeding right now, is you're having all these young players start to gel. And they're starting to buy into what Andre Torino is selling. And that's a very, very important thing for this team going forward. Because where would this team be in a couple seasons if Clayton Keller did not live up to his contract? Where would this team be if Nick Schmaltz continued to be a guy who was injured a lot, who was very streaky, etc., etc.? Where would this team be in a couple years from now if Barrett Hayton turned out to be a bust? All those players are performing well right now. And yeah, oh yeah, Matias Machai, like I just mentioned. So I do want to I do want to make this little comparison. And I brought this up to Kat again yesterday, which is, and I think I tweeted this out too. The way the Kyries are playing right now, and the way they're starting to gel under their coach, and the way they're starting to buy in, and the way we're starting to see these younger players play up to their potential reminds me a lot of what happened to the Phoenix Suns when they got into the Orlando bubble back, you know, at the tail end of 2020, where they went 8-0 and shocked the NBA world and almost made it to the playoffs. That's what this reminds me of a little bit right now. It just reminds me of a team that's starting to click, that is starting to show that they have potential, that is starting to show that, listen, we can play competitive hockey with a roster that's was kind of piecemealed together for – for better or for worse, right? With so many players on one-year contracts, with um, guys who are succeeding that shouldn't be, right? We, you know, we talked about, um, you know, they brought in Nick Ritchie, who was performing really well, and he was on the scrap heap from, you know, wherever he came from. I believe it was the Maple Leafs, right? And so you're starting to see this gel. You're starting to see this happen. You're starting to see this buy-in, and. That's exactly what happened to the Suns. And what did the Suns do? They went and got Chris Paul and they become championship contenders. Now, are the Coyotes one piece away from becoming championship contenders? No. But the groundwork is being laid right now for that to happen sooner rather than later. Oh, yeah. And then you add in all those draft picks now, all that draft capital. And everything is seemingly headed in the right direction. So, I'm like I said, my basis is that I'm okay losing the first overall draft pick if we continue to see this team play competitive hockey and continue to win games down the stretch, in my opinion. 
Now, if they didn't have all that draft capital, that would be a different story. If they only were relying on that one first-round pick, maybe that's a different story. But if you have seven first- and second-round picks in a draft that's pretty deep, you can load up on talent, you know, and you can really create a system of depth, which to me is just as important as getting those superstar players at the very, very top. So I'm loving this right now. I'm sure a lot of other Coyotes fans are right now, but do you kind of see where I'm coming from here in terms of not wanting this team to lose as much as maybe some others do? I actually tend to agree with you on that. And the fact that I'm really glad of what you actually pointed out at the very end there, because as you were talking, I kept on just kind of thinking uh, that the biggest point that needed to be made there was the fact that one person alone is not going to turn this team around because of the fact that it's not built that way. It got kind of broken down into um, a core with kind of, um, you know, moons floating around that, that earth essentially. And so um, you want every, those, those moons can be like switched out, but the, the core the earth itself <coughs> needs to be functioning properly to survive. And it's just really in a point where if this, if that core can really function really well by the time it comes to adding in these players that are going to help them out. And we've said multiple times about how in previous seasons, players that have come not in the first round have really been beneficial and have brought a lot of grit to uh, the Coyotes previously from uh, previous drafts. And so um, if you are able to have that many second round picks and you are to, and it really is the draft class that everyone is claiming it's going to be, where there's going to be a whole bunch of talent that's going to go on for a long time in the draft, then it is totally worth it because of the fact that you're going to get multiple people and you're going to see progress out of your core that you've been needing to see. And that is probably the most desperate thing out of all of it is being able to see people like Barrett Hayton and Clayton Keller really being able to find their own and to be able to find a lot of the, the players that were put into the AHL this year to see them develop, actually develop is huge because they're putting a lot of eggs in a developmental basket. And by drafting um, new guys, you're just putting more eggs in that developmental basket. So in the end, what you really need is to see some promise that is for sure going towards the future. And it's also kind of what's needed to shut a lot of people up who are really trying to doubt this team. Um, you'd sent me earlier an article again by Katie Strang, which I've tried to be polite about before, but now I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I don't understand why there needs to be so many articles coming out about this, but with the consistency of all of that, you can't really, um, live off of, well, in the future, this team is going to be good. Look at all of our draft picks. You need to show that there is a future for this team now. And so I do tend to agree with you in that way as much as I would love for the Coyotes to be able to have that number one pick and be able to um, really build around someone. We have seen teams in the past, like the Oilers, for example, who have gotten those picks and 
they really did not do shit with it. And they became the team of where number one picks went to die. And that's the last thing you want the Coyotes to become. Yes. You know, we're talking about Barrett Hayton there. He's got six points in his last five games. He looks every bit the part that we thought he was going to be when they drafted him. And for whatever reason, it's starting to click for him. And that's so important because we were kind of, I think we were at the point, both you and I, where we were starting to get impatient with him. Like, dude, you got to shit or get off the pot. You got to figure it out because if you can't figure it out now, then you're not going to be an NHL caliber player. You can tell his confidence is now there and he is an NHL player and he's going to be an NHL player for a while. And I think he's only going to get better and better. And that's, that's important. We're seeing that progress with him, but we were also just talking about the number one overall pick. We haven't done this in a while, Corey, you brought it up earlier. The tankathon draft simulator, everybody it's back. The Coyotes just played the Montreal Canadiens. They beat them. And so the gap between the Canadians and Coyotes is now four points. Canadians have the worst record in the NHL right now. Uh, so they have the 16.6% odds of the number one overall pick. The Seattle Kraken were losing, last I checked, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So they have the number two odds. And the Coyotes are slotted in at the number three odds right now. But be careful. They're only three points back of both Ottawa and Philadelphia and four points back of Buffalo for them continuing to kind of drop in the standings. But with that said, let's do another NHL draft draft lottery simulation and see where the Coyotes land. Here we go. Fifth. Considering the fact that even if they were to be in last place and they would still probably end up in fifth, just because that's like the sweet spot for the Coyotes. If I would be okay if they kept doing what they're doing and ended up in a, in a fifth spot, just because of the fact that they would probably end up there anyways. <laughs> I just did it again. Another lottery simulation, and the Coyotes got number one overall, just to make us feel good. Actually, you know what? Over all these times, the Coyotes really, really tried to get the number one pick. You know, they worked really hard to try and get the number one pick, and then they ended up, you know, fifth. And so I actually wonder if they try a um, reverse psychology, right? They're like, nope, never mind. We don't want it anymore. We're just going to try and do well for a while if they will get it because they didn't try. I was actually thinking the same thing. Because I pretty much solidified myself into thinking that if they did have the worst record in the league, there is no chance in hell they get that number one overall pick. So, you know what it kind of is to me at this point? It's like... If they don't have the worst record in the league, then we can't be disappointed. Because either they win the lottery and they get the number one overall pick and we're all super excited, or you know, they don't get it and then they're picking anywhere from, you know, second to uh, you know, tenth or whatever, basically, right? So it's a win-win situation for the Coyotes at that point, and then we're not disappointed. Because you know, if they had the worst record and they got fucked over again, they finished and they got like the third or fourth pick again. We'd be super disappointed. We're like, bullshit. We just wasted a fucking season to tank for Shane Wright, and we got nothing to show for it. I'll have the McDavid tank off. So, We've been that burned once true. before. We're not going to be burned again. 
That is very true. Like, that is a essentially a lose-lose situation for them because there is no chance that the Coyotes are going to be. They have never been lower than fifth. So, I, I just don't... The, the luck just never, just never goes their way. So this way, it's a great way to be like, well, at least we had some fun for a while. They made some good headlines. And we can't be disappointed because they weren't in last place. Rather than expecting them to, you know, if they were in last place, the only good thing that could come out of it was getting a number one pick. And then you end up not getting it. And you're right. It's a, Then it's a complete just waste of a season. There's no growth of the team and there's no pick. That would be the shittiest situation of them all going into a, a season where you're going to be moving and everything else. So I, you know what? I went into this thinking they don't even know how to lose correctly, but then I came out of all of this discussion completely on the side of, they just need to keep going, keep the wagon going. And with that, I think that's the perfect way to end the episode, Spory Nation. Keep the wagon going. Don't let up. Don't let up. And here's what the Coyotes have coming up on their schedule here. Because they did. That road trip was pretty tough. You know, right? They, They played on the road for five games, and they played two really good teams in Toronto and Boston. They beat Toronto in overtime, and they hung tough against the Boston Bruins. And they ended up losing that game, but they played really well against them coming back from two goals down. So here's what's coming up. They got uh, Pittsburgh, who's good. They got San Jose, who's okay. They have the Kraken, who are dog shit. Uh, Calgary is on a on a bender right now, too. Winnipeg, Edmonton, and then San Jose to close out the month of March. So uh, we'll see how the wagon keeps rolling here for the Coyotes as we get close to the end of the season, for goodness sake. I think there's less than... Oh, they have an entire month of April, too, my bad. So there's, what, probably 20 games left in the season here. So, hey, like I said, it should be exciting because we're rooting for a couple things here. We're rooting for Clayton Keller to have his best season of his career, which he will smash at this point. Same thing with Nick Schmaltz. He's on pace to have one of the best seasons in Coyotes history because he's at a point-per-game player right now. He's missed a lot of games during the season, but he's he, he's uh, at a point-per-game pace right now, which is pretty, pretty impressive for a team that has – not had very many high-caliber scorers in the past. They might have two players with point-per-game paces this year in Nick Schmaltz and Clayton Keller. So we'll wrap up with that. Do you have any final words before we say goodbye? I will say uh, rest in peace to Oceanside. We missed the final game at Oceanside, which was really sad. I was sick and Richie was out of town, so we weren't able to go. But uh, we will always have fond mem- memories of Oceanside. That's a, that's a perfect way to end the episode. Good night. Good hockey, everybody.